0: You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode number four. Today, Natalie Frank, the co-founder of the Rising Tide Society, will talk about starting a movement, what real community looks like, and the biggest way the Rising Tide Society has impacted her life positively.
1: You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast with Jenna Kutcher, the live workshop-style business podcast for creative girl bosses
0: so you can train from the experts how to dig in, do the work, and tackle your goals along the way. Here's your host, photographer, educator, artist, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher friends. I'm so excited today to have one of my dearest, dearest internet and real life friends, <laughs> Natalie Frank. Hello, Natalie. Hey, Jenna. Oh, and we were just talking a few minutes before, but I was laughing so hard because I went back on my Facebook messages to the first time we ever talked. And the first message we said was, I swear that we are twins from the soul. <laughs> so Natalie is the co-founder of the Rising Tide Society, and she is also an incredible Inspiring speaker and writer, and she is also a photographer. And we're gonna talk about the direction she's headed because it's one that is a little unknown and exciting. But Natalie, tell us a little bit about you and your journey and how you landed
1: where you are today, because it's so incredible. Oh my gosh. Well, I think as you know, with any journey, it never starts, you know, the (laughs) way that the way that you would expect, but I was a small-town girl uh, from Annapolis, Maryland, and I grew up uh, with a single mom out here, and I'm still sitting in Annapolis now, but not for long, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and I grew up just like everybody else, and ultimately... I fell in love with entrepreneurship when I got a job shampooing hair in a hair salon of all things. And it sounds like a totally unglamorous job. I mean, your hands are in a shampoo bowl, it suds, you know, like suds everywhere, and the same scent of the same shampoo over and over and over again. But yet I fell in love with the ability just to make people feel loved. And relaxed and to give them a moment of, you know, true, like, peace. And there was something really magical about being in that environment. And at a hair salon, as you know, at least the one that I worked at it was predominantly women. They ran their own schedules. They had their own clients. They, you know, worked from sun up to sundown and laughed and drank wine at the end of the night together. And there was this really interesting dynamic that I had never seen, you know, when I would visit my mom who worked at the hospital. And it was an entirely different experience and an entirely different work environment. And I just felt this spark. And I said to myself, I want to do this, whatever this is. I want to be sort of the, you know, chief of my own company or my destiny or my career. I want to be able to build something that really matters, that makes people feel loved and appreciated and and give them that moment of, of peace, right? You know, for me, that quickly became... A route to photography, I fell in love with that simultaneously. And it was sort of interwoven into my story and started photographing weddings to pay for school. And by the time I graduated, I I went full-time in my business and it grew and grew. And uh, sure enough, you know, this thing that I fell in love with when I was in high school, that spirit, that entrepreneurial journey, quickly became also very isolating, right? You know, for, I think for a lot of us, we work behind a computer, we spend all of our days kind of hustling and trying to make a go of of it and, and make our dreams a reality. And before I knew it, I was completely burnt out and I felt alone and I felt isolated and I spent my days comparing myself to others on Instagram rather than really, you know, being grateful for what I was doing in my business and in my life. And I was working so hard at something that had started to mean nothing to me. This was about a year and a half, two years ago. And sure enough, um, you know, the origins of RTS specifically in this context, I was having a, a bottle of wine with my friend Krista and our husbands. And actually the funny part is we often say this and you guys get the exclusive uh, details here. It was actually quite a lot of tequila as well. We <laughs> leave that part out because it's just not as classy as saying we were drinking a bottle of wine, but I can just let you guys in on it since this is the authenticity we crew all here. We
0: love margaritas here. Yes. Really good company.
1: Oh man. Yes. Lots of margaritas. And um, we, we just honestly kind of started to talk about this feeling that we had, you know, this loneliness that entrepreneurship can bring. And we realized very quickly that for us, you know, we had been experiencing the exact same struggles and the same pain points, but in silos, like Kristen and I had never really taken a moment to delve into the harder parts of business. We had been sort of, you know, real friends in other capacities, but business was sort of that, you know, off limits concept. It's competition. You don't really sit down and share bad things that are going on in your business with your biggest competitors, right? There's a fear there. And yet we did. And it changed absolutely everything because I think I realized at that moment that the only person or people, I guess, that would really understand what you're going through as a creative, the only people who really get it, the hard parts about being an entrepreneur are those who have also walked that path the ones who have also endured those same struggles. And so by kind of bringing down the walls of this idea of what competition is and building true community with others, that's a path that enables you to be more fulfilled. And ultimately it's what led to Rising Tide Society.
0: I love that. And I always, generally when I speak at workshops, I always ask if I can go first, not because I want to get it over with. I mean, that's part of it. But at the same point, When you, I love to be a fly on the wall when people first meet each other that are in similar industries or similar situations, because there's this desire within us to look like we have it all together. Right. And it's so interesting because you watch people's interactions at the beginning of a workshop compared to at the end when you know, the floodgates open and they're like, man, I feel, I feel so alone or I'm depressed or I'm anxious or I'm failing. And I love to just get up and say, We're all here because we don't have it together. And that's okay. And that's what I love about the Rising Tide Society and just this community that you've raised up because it's saying, come as you are. And I think that there is not a lot of things in life that genuinely say that and mean it. So, how did you, when you had this idea,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: How did you know, first off, that you were the one that needed to fill it? Because I think there are a lot of places in our lives where we're like, yeah, there's a gap here. Maybe people could need this, but I'm not the one to do it.
1: Oh, that's a really good question. I,
0: (sighs) Maybe you never even felt like you had this call that it was you, but you knew that something needed to be done.
1: I think that ultimately, you know, it almost is one of those scenarios where I was so... By the time that I realized what was happening, I was so deep in it that I I recognized that, you know, I had to kind of step forward and continue building this. It was less of, I think, me recognizing it as being called to do something or, or having this being sort of, you know, what I was building, but more of, I think I just wanted others to feel what I felt when I had true community and I wanted everyone to know what it meant to be appreciated and loved and cared about. And the only way I knew how to do that was through, you know, inspiring others to step up and start to lead. And You know, that's essentially what happened is we started doing this little coffee meetup here in Annapolis and we had friends that heard about it and said, oh my gosh, I would love to do that. I would love to get together with other creatives, not just photographers or not just wedding planners, not just calligraphers, not just makers, not just artists, but all creatives who who share a lot of similar things, but very different things as well, right? This really interesting and diverse group of people. I really, people wanted that. I wanted that. We all wanted that. And so we empowered others to step up and to lead. And I think that was sort of the beauty of it. You know, a lot of communities are built around one person and we really wanted to be something that, yes, had leaders because you, you need leaders to kind of guide the way. And, you know, I like to say leaders walk through the mud, like leaders are the ones that kind of, you know, have to endure a lot of the, the tough stuff in order to pave the way for others. There's a great book actually called Leaders Eat Last and it's become sort of like my mantra. It's like leaders eat last. Always be the one that eats last. Put others first. And so that's the mentality we tried to instill and we found very quickly that there were these leaders in local areas and they stepped up and it was really because of them that Rising Tide has grown. And I say that all the time. I'm, you know, we, we orchestrate. We're behind the scenes. We kind of help to make it a reality. And we do a lot of the, the tough work in the back end just to, to provide resources. But our local leaders I think really are the ones who deserve the credit for what RTS is and today and, and what it grew to be. So I don't know if that really answers the question. I don't, I don't know if I really knew. I think I just, <sighs> I think you just started. <laughs> yeah. We, and isn't that the beauty of it? Right. Yes. Like just not feeling, I, cause you know, it's funny. It's like, I think people have this perception of, of a lot, a lot of us. Actually we have this perception of each other all the time where it's like, she's got it all together. She's confident. She knows that this is going to be a big deal. This is going to explode or he is just killing it in business and he knows it, but I'm telling you, there's so much self doubt you know, that we all have. And I I don't think very often we truly embrace the concept that you speak a lot about. And I love it because it's almost become sort of like an anthem for our industry, but it's that idea of like truly being enough. You know, I, I don't think I, even now I struggle with that. I think even now I, I look at what I'm doing and I ask myself, am I even making an impact? And I know for some people that might sound silly, but for me, it's not, it's very real. And I think at the end of the day, that's all that a lot of us want to do is truly just make an impact, do and create something that matters that helps other people that leaves a legacy behind.
0: And I think too, along with that thought is that it's really hard because a lot of people that are out there doing these big things and these impactful things are also really deep down heart people. Yeah. And When I think about a lot of things, when my assistant, Caitlin started on with me, she's like, I'm going to make a folder on your inbox called fans reaching out. (laughs) And whenever you're having a bad day, I want you to go through and just read these messages. And it's so easy to remember that one bad comment, that one bad email versus the hundreds of good ones, because we feel things so deeply. Yes. And I think that that is what makes us so passionate and so powerful, but it's also what makes us feel that unworthiness and that not enoughness. And, you know, we truly want to be everything to everyone. And I think that that can be our Achilles heel And I don't know if we ever get over that. I really, you know, I don't know if that's something that when we're 60 and we're running around without bras on and we just don't care anymore, maybe like then we will have been there, but I don't know if that ever happens, you know? Yeah. Well, why wait till we're
1: 60? I mean, I, but anyway, we can digress from that point, but no, I, I agree with you. And I, I think the biggest thing, you know, that if you, if you were like, if there's one thing I've taken away from, you know. Co-founding Rising Tide, growing it, launching it, and now leading it—you know—as head of community. I think there's one thing I've learned in all of us. it's that we are all a lot more similar than we realize. Mm-hmm. I think that we live in a world where you know we have social media, and there are people that use it for good. There are people that recognize the power that it has, and there are others that I'm in this bucket. I say this as someone that's in this bucket that struggles with that balance of, of comparing yourself and not feeling enough, not feeling worthy, not feeling as if you can do it too, which by the Way side note has a lot to do with the way our brains are wired and I won't get super nerdy about it, but I forget how nerdy you are. I know. I know. It actually, it has everything to do with how our, how our brains are wired. We're, we're wired to be risk averse and pain averse. And essentially that means we, we run away from the things that hurt us. So they're much more evident to us. You can get a thousand positive comments, one negative one, and you'll only remember the negative one. And, um, you know, it has a lot to do with that, but we'll, we'll set that one aside. But ultimately if there's one thing I've learned, I think it really is that we're all more alike than we think. And ultimately we're all struggling with the same thing. And that's the beautiful thing about really making relationships with people and having the courage to be your authentic self online. It's something that I think we far too often forget to talk about, but you know, revealing the crumbly, real, honest bits of yourself and having the courage to accept that, you know what? Some people, yes, some people may not like that. And some people, they're not going to be so nice about it. But you know what? That doesn't matter because you don't need them anyway. You're doing something much greater than that when you share your real heart. You are inviting others to recognize that, you know, they aren't alone and you're inviting your clients to connect with you on a deeper level and you're building something that is worth being proud of. And I, you know, I, I think that's... A huge takeaway for everybody...
0: Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash golddigger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash golddigger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. As somebody who is constantly pouring into and serving others, how are you making time to be poured into? Or what do you go to when you just need rest? Mm. Uh, Because I think that a lot of us out there that are like trying to be, you know, the people that pave the way and trying to lead a lot of the things that we write are really messages to ourselves at yes. the end of the day. Uh-huh. Um, and so my question for you is as you're serving other people, one, I know it's probably been a struggle, but share a little bit about
1: what that's looked like, you know, you're pouring out, but are you filling yourself up? So this is, I think the biggest mistake that a lot of us make really early on is we just pour out, pour out. And whether it's like, you know, pouring into others or pouring into our businesses at whatever stage you are in your journey, it's the biggest mistake you make is not taking time for yourself, not setting aside actual time for self-care and genuinely following through on it, you know, treating your own health, your mental health, your physical health, like any other item on your schedule. Right. Mm -hmm. Because it tends to be the one thing we cross off first. So for, for myself personally, I think, you know, I fall into the bucket of not doing that for a very long time, as you and I've kind of touched on. Sometimes we've talked about it. But as of late, I think I've just recognized, you know, that if I don't do it, I'm not as good of a leader or a business owner or a wife So I have to, it's the idea of putting your own mask on first on the airplane. If it's going down, you know, like if if you don't give yourself oxygen, you can't help anyone else. So I do little things. I do things like, you know, my drive to the RTS office takes about 15 minutes and I can fit two songs in there. And so for me, lately I've actually been putting on worship music on my drive to work. And I know it's that's not for everybody, but I can't tell you how centered I feel when I walk in. And it's it's like my special time. Like I don't even I turn off my phone, I don't even put the radio on, I just plug, you know, my phone in, which now I have to just play the phone because it lost the audio jack. Thanks, <laughs> Apple. I can't Bluetooth Bluetooth sync with my car. So anyway. But I, I just play, I play two, it, literally two songs is about two to three songs, worship songs can get me from my house to my office. And I just marinate in that. And I just take that time to really just sing my heart out and nearly shout out the windows because the sound of my voice is just deafening. <laughs> but, you know, I, I do it and it just is such a release and it's so relaxing. And then on top of that too, I think I've found I'm outgoing, but if you actually were to give me a personality test, every time I take it I get introverted, which is really interesting. So I really kind of relish my quiet time. And I don't get a lot of it in the way that I think other people do or the way I would expect to in life. Like I don't get like 30 minutes to just sit down, not in this season at least, and just be quiet. But what I do get are a lot of plane rides. Yes. And I right and I get a lot of drives to weddings. When I do that, I actually, you know, have started to hire out that this is a true like I have someone else drive. It is like it, I my assistant, I pay them to drive. And the reason is not, you know, to be driven. It's to be able to just put headphones on, close my eyes, and really just take a moment to just reflect and almost meditate in the sense and just be really present and relax like the whole way. So any chance I get to have quiet time, whether it's on a plane, in a car, you know, the five minutes before lunch, I'll go and just take a moment. I don't know. It, being intentional. I think it's less about the amount of time and more about what you put into that time, the intentionality of that rest and that focus and that self-care. And there's still a lot of room to grow. I have a lot of things like I would really love to get into yoga and and start working out more. And hopefully that's on the horizon, but (laughs) just to be intentional with it, it's helped me a lot.
0: I think too, one of the things that I learned the most about myself this year is that I struggle with just being quiet. Mm -hmm. I feel like I will try to fill space, no matter what that looks like, whether that's putting music on or the TV on or scrolling on my phone. And I really just struggle with being still. And I think sometimes we just say, well, that's just how I am. But I think it's how we've conditioned ourselves to be. And it's been so interesting because even like now when I drive, I will put my phone in the glove box so that I have no distractions that can take my attention away and things like that. But I think a lot of us, I mean, I'm sure 90%, if not more... Could admit to just grabbing your phone and like checking your email, even though you know you don't need to, just because Mm -hmm. you're not sure how to fill your time anymore.
1: Yes. And actually, there's an amazing TED talk by an MIT professor, Sherry Turkle. You know, she talks about technology and sort of the art of solitude. It's very interesting. And it gets exactly to what you said it's we've created these devices that are there to answer our every question, to fill our every insecurity, to become to us the friend that We don't have right and not to have the hard parts of friendship, right? When you like someone on Facebook and you follow them on Facebook, you're not committing a real friendship. That's not a real relationship. Real relationships are hard. They involve struggle. They involve depth. They involve crying into whether it's for me, like a thing of cookie dough or for you, mac and cheese. (laughs) Like that's the rough stuff. But we have, we've created these devices that are almost in a weird sense, like a cloned duplicate of ourselves That we can connect with. And there are phones, right? There are computers. And yet, in the process of creating these devices and technology like social media that's designed to connect us like never before, we are more disconnected than ever before, right? We are more isolated in in these worlds that aren't even real, these virtual realities. And so she, she talks about this and the, the really beautiful premise that she gets to the end is sort of like, you know, remembering to take time to just be alone, to like turn it all off and to be comfortable with who you are without, you know, even music on or devices at your fingertips, like just to be alone. And it's terrifying to me because I'm a child of constant communication and technology that never ends and and conversations that are always ongoing. And I think a lot of us might feel that way to really think about what would you do if I said to you for an entire day to just kind of sit with your thoughts, right? And do nothing. It's scary. That's really terrifying.
0: Right. Yeah. But there's power in that. And I think it's so interesting because we could easily look at a movie or a video game and say, that's not real. But we forget to recognize that within things like social media and all of that. And it's so easy for us to call it out on things that we are not throwing ourselves into. But it's it's happening to us every single day. So speaking of community and the real honest, hard stuff... You know, rising up a community of how many members are there now? I mean, tens of thousands. Oh,
1: yes. I mean, we so we're nearing the 40,000 mark in our Facebook group at this point, which is insane just to think that it's a year and a month old or a year and two months old, um, which is wild on a Facebook group. But, you know, even our Instagram account is probably going to hit 100,000 by the end of the year. And it's growing Yes. It's growing every single day, actually at a faster rate now than it even was a couple months ago, which is just crazy to think.
0: So what are the hard, I mean, like, what does that look like? Because I think too, as you get older with age, you realize in life that you want those real friendships because nobody wants to be friends with the perfect girl at lunch. Like you can't, you can't connect. You feel disheveled and messy and chaotic, And what I love is that you don't shy away from the fact that community isn't just, you know, a hashtag. It's not just helping each other out when things are good it's coming together when it's not so good so what does that look like for you
1: oh man I you know I've, so we uh, a couple of weeks ago we were just writing some responses to help our moderators in handling situations on the group because as you mentioned it's it's messy and it's hard and generating real community it shouldn't be easy I think if it's easy it's not it's surface level right yeah. you want it to go deep you want it to really make an impact like we talked about and one of the sentences that I wrote and it's just kind of stuck with me is you know this idea of we are family. And it, it is. It's like a community, a real deep community. It is a family. And and you're not always going to agree with your family members, right? You're not always going to get along. You probably vote for different people in this crazy election. And right. you might not always sit around the table and kumbaya and sing together. <laughs> but at the end of the day, that's sort of the beautiful part about it is that, you know, loving people is a choice. And it's an action, like, like to really care about people, to build community with people. It's not so much as just posting a hashtag. It genuinely means showing up for them. It means supporting them. It means caring for them when it's hard for you to do it. And it also means, too, just being real and being honest and, and just embracing our imperfections along the way. And I think that's, that's sort of been the fabric of this entire community and this, this movement, in a sense, is that when we say, you know, community over competition, like, that idea, in and of itself, is sort of counterculture to how they teach you to build a business in any you know school of thought. But it's so much more than that. We're not just building businesses. We're not just building a hashtag or a social media empire. Or you know, no, we're we're building relationships. Mm-hmm. We're and building I think, connection.
0: I think it's a hard. It's a hard thing to grasp sometimes because like you said, we've all been taught like there is not enough. There is not enough. And when you come from a principle of surplus and like understanding that there is more than enough to go around and... You know, there's so many catchy slogans out there, but I think too, at the heart of us, we all struggle with that Mm -hmm. and it has to be a choice. Like it, it really has to be a choice that you're making day in and day out. And not just for the people that you like, but for everyone in your industry. And, you know, I came from such a marketing background where I'm just so wired differently than a lot of people And I used to like covet things so deeply, like these are my trade secrets and this is working and I don't want to tell anyone that. And it's been so interesting to see what has happened, not just in my life, but in other people's lives where you kind of open up those curtains and say like, Hey, like there is more out there. And you know, the more we share, the better we all become. And the better we become, the better this world becomes. And I think nowadays we're all just yearning for some goodness in this crazy world that we're living in. On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. In terms of advice for somebody that just isn't feeling connected, Mm -hmm. um, that maybe just feels like they're still on that island of aloneness and not enoughness, what kind of things would you tell them to do in terms
1: of actionable steps? Absolutely. So, if you are listening to this and you're still sort of feeling the way that I felt, you know, a year and a half ago, alone and overwhelmed, and like you honestly are going at it by yourself, I think. A couple action items to really take to heart. The first would be to get uncomfortable. We need to get uncomfortable. I think that a lot of times we pull ourselves away from community to protect ourselves, right? I know I do this. I, I, despite being, you know, very public in the social media world, I'm actually a fairly private person. My friends know so much about my life that oftentimes they joke with me. They're like, wow, no one even knows all of that's going on. And one thing I've learned is, you know, the more and more that I have the confidence and the fearlessness to just share those little crumbly bits, those real struggles, right? That make me uncomfortable the more that other people feel like they can connect to and the more that we start to bridge these gaps of isolation, right? These sort of like these rivers that exist between two places. And I think we can kind of build those bridges that way. So get uncomfortable, start to to acknowledge that, you know what, in building real community, building real friendship, building relationships in this wild, crazy world that we live in, you have to be willing to put your heart on the line. So that would be my first recommendation. And then my second recommendation would be to then, once you've accepted that it's going to be a little uncomfortable, you know, find your tribe, like go out, find a group of people that, you know, you feel at home with. The kind of feeling that doesn't involve you needing to put on makeup and, you know, be this pretend version of yourself. No, like the kind of people that you feel like you could just hang out with, whether it's a glass of wine or, since we're keeping it real here, a lot of margaritas, and just have those conversations, have those tough conversations, open the door to real relationships, real friendships. So, find your tribe. And there are so many great ones out there. You know, when I talk about community over competition, it's not just a saying, it's not a hashtag, it's a reality. And so, one of the things that we realized is, you know, Rising Tide Society, it's a massive tribe of creatives. It's, you know, men and women, and we've got a ton of different industries in there, but there are other communities that are killing it too. And they may be your tribe, like Rising Tide, may be your tribe, but it also may not be. And that's okay. And so like, I would check out all the other amazing communities out there. There's Think Creative Collective. There's the savvy business owners. Heather Crabtree is killing it. She's on fire. And I just, I think it's like, we, we all have these you know, these, these different opportunities around us and just take the opportunity to kind of try them all out and see, see where you, you find your friends. And it doesn't have to be this big thing either. It could be as simple as sending an email to one person in your local area that you've looked up to, or that you know, or that you've met in passing that you just want to connect with. And, you know, having the courage to do that and look like, they might not always say yes. I've been turned down so many times. I know, like, I, I tell this story all the time, but when I first started, we came back to Annapolis. I'd um, been up at school in Philly and I was the new kid on the block and I had nothing to offer anybody, right? Like, my business hadn't taken off. I was like young and like full of like sparkly silliness and I was just so excited to build a business and most people didn't meet with me and most people didn't respond to my emails. And the funny part is like now, you know, I send them business. So it's like, you know, it's, it's sort of interesting how that cycle works, but I think it's just having the courage to send that email, to reach out, to be vulnerable, get uncomfortable. And I think people will surprise you. You know, for every five people that don't respond to that email, the one person who really should will. And that might be the only true relationship or friendship that you need in that moment. And it could be everything. It could open the door to endless possibilities.
0: And I think too, along with that, and I might even just record a whole episode on it, but I feel like sometimes this world that we live in feels very entitled. Yeah. Um, and I know that we have talked about this and it's really hard as somebody who is such a hard person and who wants to serve when people just shoot you a message and it's like, how do you become a photographer? <laughs> yeah, And you're like, if you would have taken the 10 minutes to read all of the blog posts I've written or get on my email list where I share everything or hop on a webinar or whatever that looks like, um, but when you reach out to people, make it real, like yes. take the time to do your research and say like, thank you for this one post. It really resonated with me or tell them something that maybe they've inspired you with without them even knowing it. Because I think a lot of times these days people will just reach out and they'll be like, Hey, I want to take you out to coffee to pick your brain. And it's like, right. if I have time for coffee, I would love to do it with somebody who really just wants to connect and what that can look like. And at these rising tide meetups at the Tuesdays together, I got to attend my first one, um, this last month. And to be honest, I was scared to go. And I think that we don't talk about that enough is it is weird to like put yourself into a situation like that. Like you said, get uncomfortable, but it was incredible to see all of these different industries coming together and just sitting together even and showing up to the table together and having conversation together. And what an incredible thing. And so show up alone. I don't care. I mean, if you have a friend, go take them with you and maybe get wine before. But if you just feel like I don't have anyone to show up with, just show up because there are other people there that feel the exact same way as you do.
1: Yes. No, I, that is okay. First of all, I'm so glad you had an awesome time. That just makes me so happy. But no, it it is. That's the truth. I think also recognizing that every other person there is probably terrified too. Even if they've been 10 times, I get nervous. Oh gosh. When we host them here, I like (laughs) the girls always make fun of me because I'm like, I'm like sweating, like not cute, sweating, like profusely, (laughs) grossly, like sweating and like nervous Twitching, Like I, I get really anxious before people come. Cause you know, there are all these fears, even as a host, right? Like, will anyone show up? Yeah. Will it be awkward? Will, will, you know, like it, there, there's so many fears on every side of it. So yes, just go. And I think also, you know, in terms of the thing we talked about earlier with, you know, emailing and reaching out, you know, I think that the big thing too is come always come at it from, from a perspective of serving other people, you know, it, it's natural to want to say, Hey, how can you help me? I see that you've made it in business. Now come help me. Um, when again, like community is, it's not so much about what you get out of it as what you put into it. Because ultimately I really do believe the more that you give to others, the more that you sort of allow others to, You just, the more you give, the more you receive. And and so when you're starting out really early on, acknowledge that the people that you reach out to, especially, especially if they're in a position where they've been doing this and they're killing it and you're almost reaching out to look for a mentor, right? To value, to value their time. And and instead of, you know, just asking immediately for them to help you, I totally agree. I think it's all in how you invest in them first. And I really believe that. And I, you know, it's, it's completely, completely true.
0: But it's so funny, too, because if people reach out and I recognize their name, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I remember the blog comment you left me or like, I know that you are always commenting such things on my Instagram. And those are the people where I'm like, I will bend over backwards to help you. It's the people that I mean, like, I'll get like DMs on my Instagram, like, hello, hello. How do you make money on Instagram? (laughs) Yes, I
1: know. Like, wait, what?
0: Like, if you know me, that's not even what I'm about. Like, I don't even teach that. Like, and so sometimes it's so hard to respond back because you're like, if you would know my heart, you would know that that isn't even what it's about. Like, and so I think it's just so interesting because these days there is such a wealth of knowledge and there is so much information out there for free and there are so many people who are just giving freely. And so, I always just have to giggle because I'm just like, oh my word! (laughs) Oh, "Oh, I will tell you everything if you just take the time, you know. So, oh my gosh! So, what would you say? I guess has been the most rewarding aspect of rising up such a crazy community in such a short amount of time. And then, along with that, what has been the biggest challenge?
1: So, let me. I'll start with the challenge, and then I'll do. I think the biggest reward, which I think is like sort of similar to the things I'm most proud of with RTS. So I think the biggest challenge is essentially what any boss of any company or any manager of any organization would tell you. And it's the people stuff, right? The challenges are are the broken bits we bring with us when we come together in community and the struggles that we have and our own insecurities and fears that we bring to the table. Um, and I, I think that you know the more people that you gather in one space, the more that and we, we we've talked about this as well. It's like when when I show up to community or I show up to an event I often bring a lot with me, a lot of differing opinions. And I think it's sort of living in this internet age where people often don't speak to one another on the internet the way they would in real life. And that's hard for the heart people. That's hard for the ones of us who take every single thing to heart and like really, really just want to love well. And it's easy to kind of take that as, as truth when, you know, I think, that challenge will exist as long as the internet remains that that sort of space of anonymity where you can't look someone in the eye and really have genuine connection, which is why we value our our get-together so much, why we think the gatherings are really the heart of what Rising Tide does, because when you get together and you sit with people, it's an entirely different experience. I mean, your brain interprets that completely differently than it would reading on a screen or you know, anything like that. So I think that's the challenge. The challenge is is the rough, the people stuff and, and loving people through an internet culture that is generally the antithesis of that, right? Yeah. Um, and creating a, a space that welcomes, you know, differing opinions and ideas and stages of life and business. And, and yet at the same time does that in a respectful and loving way. And we've, we've worked so hard to do that. And I'm so proud of what we've built and what we are building and, and all of that. But that's definitely a daily struggle, you know, where you'll have one thread that's like a cat meme thread. That's awesome. And everyone's <laughs> just sharing cute pictures of their, their cat. And then another about politics and it gets heated. And but again, but we're family. And family doesn't always agree but family loves each other. And so that's that's sort of the the tougher part. But the reward or the thing you're I'm most proud of, it's probably not what a lot of people would think, but it's it's those moments when I think I realize the real impact that we've had. And I don't mean on a scale perspective. I actually mean the opposite. It's like I care far less about I'm getting a little emotional. Oh man! I'm
0: closing my eyes and listening to uh, you right now, and just taking it in.
1: I'm, I'm like actually crying a little bit. It's not about hitting goals. Like we want to grow this community to be hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Like that, that that's been my goal for this year. And it's so funny that I care so like less about that than I do about you know going down to Orlando and having someone pull me aside and just start to cry and let me know that like their life has been changed through what we've built. It's like getting an email about like someone who um, was, um, you know, really struggling mentally and going through really dark depression and was unfortunately really struggling with certain decisions in their life. And someone on the rising tide was there for them not me, not one of our leaders, but just because of a community we've created, someone reached out and became a friend and, um, and saved their life. And like those emails, those moments, um, crazy. You don't even know the impact that you've had. It's, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. And so when things get hard or, you know, when, when you're struggling through something, and for all of us, it's not, this isn't just like for a leader of a community. This is like, if you're sitting there and you run a blog and you've commented on anyone else's blog, or you have an Instagram account and you've encouraged somebody else. You have no idea the struggle someone else walks through every day and what they're enduring and what they're going through. And I think that for all of us, like the greatest reward is just recognizing that our hearts and giving freely of our hearts makes an impact in someone else's life that is so much more substantial than any words on any you know, like it it just, it surpasses all understanding when someone, you know, has, has looked you in the eye and said like, you changed my life in that moment, did something that for you might've seemed small, but for me it was everything. And I, like, I, you know, I can't even get into all of the, the things over the last couple months that, you know, we've experienced, heard and had, had, you know, told to us, but I can tell you that, um, Those moments and that reality of what we're building means more to me than anything else. And at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't really matter how much money you make or what, you know, your follower number is or how many likes you got on your last post. Like that doesn't mean a darn thing if, you know, you aren't really genuinely living into a calling that serves other people because it is just that's what life's about. Like, that's what life is really and truly about. It's about serving others. I, I know that sounds sort of cheesy and cliche, but it's the truth. And it's the only thing that, that'll keep you going when things do get hard. And so, yeah, I, I guess that's, for me, what—it's um, why I'm here. It's why I'm still here.
0: I would love, for everyone listening, if you've been a part of the Rising Tide Society or if it has impacted you— even in the slightest, I want us all to spam Natalie Frank's Instagram, her personal one, so that she can see it. Natalie Frank with an E at the end. And I want you to just share what the Rising Tide Society has meant to you, because I think that, and I am, I struggle with being a highly empathetic person. Like it's actually a struggle because I, I struggle with disconnecting my emotions from other people's emotions. And whenever I think about this woman, I think about, how she's been serving so many other people so silently and so behind the scenes and doesn't take credit for anything and is grateful for everything. And I think that in life, sometimes the people that inspire us the most need the most encouragement. And so I would love for everyone to please just spam Natalie and tell tell her how like the rising tide has changed the trajectory of businesses and lives, not just businesses, but lives. And It's so funny because I can think of so many dear people in my life right now that I probably wouldn't know without the Rising Tide Society, which is crazy. And you look at these people that seem so connected and something like a Facebook group can change things, so... I don't know. It's just crazy. So yeah, I want everyone to just spam the heck out of this girl. (laughs) Um, Because when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And I think that that is exactly what you've done. You've tried to fill this call that you knew was out there. You've done so in such a gracious, crazy manner. And guys, can you even imagine trying to moderate a group with like almost 40,000 people in
1: it? Like that makes my head want to spin. <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, I, you know, that you're so sweet. by the way, I should have known that I would cry on this podcast. I don't know why I didn't wear waterproof mascara and thank goodness it's a podcast and not a video cast. Cause y'all would see currently what my engines are looking at, which is really a mess. But no, I think that, you know, even if it's, and this is like sort of a side note too, I would just encourage everyone, it doesn't even have to be RTS, like take a moment today to just encourage somebody else. Like if you take one thing away from this podcast today and and, like listening, just if there's someone in your life, whether it's RTS or another community or a person or even a parent or a mentor, like, you have, like, you have no idea the impact that your words have on others. And I would just encourage you to share your heart with them. And also remember how it makes you feel when you see your impact really being felt by another human being, because it, that's what it's about. It's like that cycle of really genuinely loving people. So I would just encourage you to spend a moment today, post a quick comment on somebody else's, you know, feed or pick up the phone, like pick up the actual phone, even if it terrifies you, like it terrifies me, (laughs) Um, pick up the phone and just call and say, Hey, I just wanted you to know, I know this is random, but I just wanted to, you to know that you've made an impact on my life and I love you and I care about you because there are people that need to hear that.
0: I love that. And I made it part of my routine because I'm a very big routine. Person. I know you have <laughs> every day when I drive to the gym, cause I go every day except for today. It was like the first day I've ever skipped, but I just, my heart needed it. I will pray for three friends. And then I will send them a one minute long voice note. And in it, I will just say, you don't have to respond to this, but I just want you to know. And the craziest thing is, is when you are thinking of people like take action, because I think so often nowadays, like all like mentally text people (laughs) and then I'm like, oh gosh, I never even sent that to them. But I feel like people are on your heart for a reason. And it's Mm -hmm. crazy how timely sometimes those things can be and they can also come to you. And, you know, there's a circle of us that I think we do this very well with each other, at least attempt to, where we just say, Hey, I'm just thinking of you today. You know, let me know if there's anything I can do for you. Um, But it does, it, it changes everything. And that is the beauty of it. And it doesn't need to be public and it doesn't need to be private. It can be whatever it looks like in your life, but make that a part of your routine and not just something you do sporadically, because I think that radical changes happen When you get in the habit of gratitude and you also get in the habit of serving, I think that's when life just transforms for everyone. Absolutely. So, okay. So where can
1: everybody find you, my dear friend? Oh my goodness. So there are two real places. I would say the first is through Rising Tide Society. So it's really just, you know, at Rising Tide Society on Instagram. And that's our main platform for communication. Or if you go to Facebook and you type in Rising Tide Society, you can join that group that I mentioned. Um, It's really fun. A lot of conversation every day, everything from, you know, hot topics to questions about business to genuine heart stuff. We always celebrate when people, it's like little things, like we celebrate when people leave their full-time jobs and they'll get like hundreds of likes and encouraging comments. Or, you know, even if you're just feeling a little bit alone and you just want to chat or post something like, please, it's a safe space. It's our sort of like home on the internet right now. And so go check us out, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and so forth. And then if you want to get more connected, I'd love to get to know you personally. And so if you want to, you can go and follow me on Instagram. It's just at Natalie Frank. And as Jenna mentioned, it's Frank with an E. I know it's spelled funny. You can call me Frankie. I won't be offended. A lot of people think that's how it's pronounced. Um, Or Facebook as well. It's uh, facebook.com slash I think Natalie Frank creative, but yeah. So I'd I'd love to, to connect with you guys and Thank you, Jenna, for having me on. This has been so fun, and I'm just so excited for you. I am so excited about this podcast. We were talking before we got on, and
0: I just have the most incredible women around me, and I'm so excited to just have an excuse to talk to them <laughs> and let everyone in um, to the conversations. But I am so blessed, and I cannot wait to hug you in real life in a few short days. Aww. So thank you for being on. everyone, you know, take a minute out of your day. Please encourage my sweet friend Natalie and just let her know how she's impacted your life, because I know that there are so many people out there that have had their trajectories changed by one human heart, which
1: is you. My gosh. Thank you so much for having me. This is like, I'm going to just go and cry into a bowl of Ben and Jerry's now. <laughs> kind of oh, kidding, kind of not. Which flavor? That's my only question. Oh my gosh. Well, okay. So I'm a big just cookie dough person in general, but fish yep. food, I love. Ooh. I love Ben and Jerry's fish food. Mm-hmm. Or half-baked. Yes. Or all of them. Just all of them. Yeah, just (laughs) all of them.
0: Thanks for listening to Gold Digger. Dive into show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. You gold-digging dream chaser, you.